This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Of the morning to you, brother Michael. I'm doing good. How are you Top doing? You. Yeah, not too bad. I'm sorry I rang you earlier as I had my phone in my pocket and I hadn't turned it off properly, so it automatically pressed against your number and it rang you. So, my apologies to you. No apology necessary. That's just called a butt dial. I do it sometimes. Too. Butt dial. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everybody, butt dial. right? Welcome aboard. Hey, I'm excited to be back with Pastor Michael Cummins, coming to you from London, England, here on Wednesday, November 8, 2023. We don't have much time left in this year, and I'm excited. Uh, We're coming up on end of the year, going into January very soon, New Year. Praise the Lord. And Brother Michael, always an honor to be with you. Do you want to open us in prayer? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord God, we ask you today, Lord to bless everyone listening to this program today. Lord, we're going to be speaking about the origins of Gaza, and we're going to be talking about Ezekiel 38 today, which is the Armageddon to come. And we ask now, Lord, that everyone understands what we're saying today, because this is prophetic, and this is soon coming in the name of Jesus Christ and we ask you to bless all those listeners today and anyone who's never heard this sort of preaching before go and get them get them to turn their radios on their computers on and let's listen to Amiga Man today and God bless you all in Jesus name and I'd like to say thank you to a lady her name's Arlena and she lives in Wilmington, North Carolina. 
she sent a wonderful gift to our church in London. She didn't send it to me. She sent it to the church in London, and we were truly blessed to have it. And all you listening today, Christina in Sydney, Australia, and her lovely daughter, Mary in Kent in England, and all those that listen to the program, may God bless you all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, my friend. The mic is yours. Take it away. Thank you. Well, I was led to do this today. I've been preaching about end times for many months now and been preaching from the book of Revelation. And I have a gentleman who comes to church. He's a nice guy. I love him very much. But he's a bit wayward. And for some reason, he's a real strong supporter of the Palestinians. Now, I don't mind anyone supporting the Palestinians. God has given us free will. You can do what you want with it. But the trouble is with this man, he attacks Israel all the time. He believes that God is not fair with his treatment of the Palestinians. And I said to this man on Sunday, look, my friend, I said, whatever your personal views is, you're entitled to have them. But I tell you now, God has made it clear to us that if we attack Israel, we're attacking the sovereign Lord himself. So be very careful what you say. Everything in the Bible is the absolute truth. And God has given that truth to the prophets and the scribes and they've written it down. So don't criticize God. Be very careful what you say. Because everything you say is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he got annoyed and he usually helps me clear up after the meeting. And he, he sort of stormed out. He was angry. So I thought, well, this let's speak about this matter today. Let's talk about the history of Gaza, can't tell you the, all the history of Gaza, and let's talk about Ezekiel 38. Now, I'm talking about Gaza to you now, and Gaza is also called Azza, A-double-Z-A-A, and it's first mentioned in Genesis 10, verses 15 to 19, and I've got that here, and I'll read it to you now. And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth. And the Jebusite and the Amorite and the Girgashite, and the Hivite, the Archite and the Sinite, and the Arvadite and the Zemarite and the Hamathite, and afterwards were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon, as thou comest to Gerar, unto Gaza as thou goest unto Sodom and Gomorrah, and Adma and Zeboim, even unto Lashar. So, early on in the Bible, Gaza is mentioned. It's on the borders of Israel and Egypt, in the southwest part of the Mediterranean Sea. Gaza means strong. It's associated with the Philistines, the Avites, originally lived in Gaza and were displaced by the Kafirites. We can read that now in Deuteronomy 2 verse 23 and we'll give you a little bit of history as we go along. That's Deuteronomy 2 verse 23 and let's hear what it says. And it says, And the Arvims which dwelt in Hazarim, even unto Azar, the Katarims, which came forth out of Kaftor, destroyed them, 
and dwelt in their stead. The Catharites and the Philistines both came from Crete. The ancient Philistines came from a coastal region. And let's go to Jeremiah 47, verse 4. And we'll read what Jeremiah says. Many people have had prophecy regarding Gaza. So let's see what Jeremiah says. And that's Jeremiah 47, verse 4. Because of the day that cometh to spoil all the Philistines and to cut off from Tyrus and Sidon, every helper that remaineth, for the Lord will spoil the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kaphtor. So the Kaphtor, the, uh, the people who came from Kaphtor and the Philistines both came from Crete. The Philistines lived on the coastal region. But the Catharites and the Philistines both come from the same stock. The tribe of Judah inherited Gaza, but it fell back into the hands of the Philistines. Let's have a look at Judges 1 verse 18. So I'll give you an idea what we're talking about. Judges 1 verse 18. Hallelujah. Let's just read this now. I don't know what the weather is like where you are, but it's pouring down with rain in London. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Judges 1, verse 18. Also Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof, and Ashkelon with the coast thereof, and Ekron with the coast thereon. By the time of Samson, the Philistines were in control, completely in control of Gaza. And the Philistines controlled it for a long time. Let's have a look at Judges 16, verse 1. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and he went in with her. Hallelujah. So Samson was about at the time of Gala when it was under the Philistines' control. The Philistines continued to control Gaza during the time of First Samuel. And let's have a look at First Samuel 6, verse 17. 1 Samuel 6, verse 17, and see what it says. And these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord. For Ashdod one, for Gaza one, for Ashkelon one, for Gath one, for Ekron one. Hallelujah. The emeralds in the name of Jesus. King Hezekiah had many great victories over the Philistines but never conquered Gaza. Prophets Jeremiah, Amos, Zephaniah, and Zechariah all prophesied judgment because of the sins of the Philistines. Let's have a look at some of these prophecies that were made. Let's go to Amos. Scriptures, we don't go 
very often to Amos. Let's go to Amos 1. Brother Michael. And see what it says. Forgive yes? me for interrupting. Can you pull your mic away from your mouth just a little bit? I'm getting some feedback. Okay. Just bend okay, it away. Surely. How's that? Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. Continue all on. Right. Sorry okay. about the interruption. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. That's all right. Amos 1, verses 6 to 7. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they carried away captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces thereof. That is from Amos. Hallelujah. Let's have a look what Jeremiah 25 verses 17 to 20 say. Hallelujah. And we'll read this now. It does say that Gaza has been a thorn in the side for Israel. And it's really a thorn in the side for Israel now. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 25 verses 17 to 20. Then took I the cup at the Lord's hand and made all the nations to drink unto whom the Lord had sent me to wit Jerusalem and the cities of Judah and the kings thereof and the princes thereof to make them a desolation and astonishment and hissing and a curse as it was this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his servants, and his princes, and all his people, and all the mingled people, and all the kings of the land of Uz, and all the kings of the land of the Philistines, and Ashkelon, and Arza, and Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod. Hallelujah. So that's a potted history of Gaza. It's still a thorn in the side of Israel to this day. A tremendous thorn. And you know, it probably will be a thorn until Jesus returns. Till he puts everything right. And we praise his holy name now. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that we're going to read the whole of Ezekiel 38, and we're going to talk about it. But first I'm going to talk about Ezekiel. He had terrifying visions of the end times to come. He had visions so bad he would take to his bed and he would stay there sometimes a number of weeks because he was so terrified. Ezekiel had terrifying visions that he would go to bed because he needed to recover. In the first chapter of Ezekiel, he finds himself in a foreign land, far from the temple in Jerusalem, where he worshipped and sacrificed to God as a priest. The prophecies that Ezekiel was given in Ezekiel 38, we're going to read now, and then I'm going to give you an explanation of what I've studied. Hallelujah. But the first thing I'm going to do is go to Ezekiel 37, 21 to 28. And say unto them 
Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from amongst the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms, any at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David my servant shall be king over them. And they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant, wherein your father has dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall say, that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Now, I just want you to understand that God is talking about collecting the remnant of his people Israel and bringing them back to the land. And what I want you to look at, verse 26 and verse 28, they both finish with the words, evermore. So God is promising in verse 26, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 28 says, And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. God uses the word forevermore, and he uses it twice. So God is telling us that Israel is the land where God will dwell forevermore in the center of them. So when people disagree with Israel and they pick on Israel and they start on Israel and they say, why is God with Israel? should really read Ezekiel. God is bringing the children of Israel home. On May the 14th, 1948, Israel was recognized as a nation. And America, the USA, were the first nation to recognize Israel. Now, I'm going to read the whole of Ezekiel 38 to you. 
the whole of it, and then we'll go over some of these words. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief priest of Meshech, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armour, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Goma and all his bands, the house of Togomar of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with them. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee. And be thou a gird unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm, and thou shalt be a cloud to cover the land, thou and all the bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages, I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil, and to take prey, to turn thine hand unto the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the nations that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods, that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Therefore, son of man, Prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, thou shalt not know of it, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company, a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel, as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land. 
that the heathen may know me. When I go, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he whom I have spoken in old times by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountain shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground and I will call for the sword against him. Throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God, every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord God. Amen. And when we look at this now, we'll make some sense about it. Verse 2 says, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. God is against Gog. Gog is the Russian leader and Magog is the Russian nation. Now, you could probably say, well, Vladimir Putin, we know he's a bad lot. It may not be Vladimir Putin. It might be one or two persons who follow Vladimir Putin. A Jewish scholar said to me some weeks ago when the problem started when Hamas broke through and attacked the kibbutz and killed many people and took the hostages, that this is with the start of the Armageddon. He told me this will happen before the Armageddon. So let's have a look now. God is against Gog and Magog. Let's have a look at some of these other names here. The chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Meshech is modern-day Turkey. Tubal is an Anatolian state, which used to be, but now makes up the nation of Turkey. You see, Gog will get an army together of two billion fighting men. And they will be probably from the countries north of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And they will attack Israel. We read in this now. 
you see all Russia and all those southern Russian nations are descendants of Noah. We'll go into it in a minute. But these nations, and funny thing, if you ever go to Israel, you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, many people think that is the spot where Jesus was crucified. But I doubt that very much because the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is within the city walls, not outside the city walls where Golgotha is. And when you go in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, it's divided into parts. And all the churches there are Orthodox. There's the Ethiopian Orthodox, the Syrian Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox and the Russian Orthodox. And they've all got different parts of that church, and they're all speaking their own languages all at the same time. And Vladimir Putin has made a, a claim to that church. He thinks it should be in Russian hands because Russia have the largest Orthodox church there. So verse 3 says, Thus saith the Lord God, I am against the Ogog, the chief priest of Meshech and Jubal. God is against these people because eventually they're going to attack Israel. Verse 4 says, And I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armour, and a great company with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. It goes on verse 5 to say Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will be with them. All of them with shield and helmet. Now we know Persia is modern day Iran. The countries that are Libya are Upper Nile countries, which were called in those days Kush and Put. We could be talking about Somalia, the Sudan, Libya. We are talking about those countries. And it will include modern-day Ethiopia. Now, many people get upset when you talk about Ethiopia actually going in with Gog and Magog and attacking Israel. But as you know, if you know the history of Israel, that since the 1970s, Israel have been taking out the Falashas, which are the black Ethiopian Jews, who come from Aaron. They're in Aaron's bloodline. And they've been taking them out of Ethiopia and resettling them in Israel. There are Christians that are in Ethiopia, but the largest population by far is the Muslim population. So I believe that it's the Muslim population that will stand against Israel. Verse 6, Goma and all his bands, the house of Togomar of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee. Goma and Beth Toganar are from the earth. Goma refers to the Sumerians 
who dwelt in southern Russia in the times of Ezekiel. Togomar was another Anatolian Turkish nation named after Togomar, a descendant of Noah. He is the third son of Gomer and the grandson of Japheth. A lot of these southern Russian people originate from Noah, the Georgians in particular, and all those nations on the edge of Russia. Togomar and Tumau are supplying soldiers to bolster the army of Gog, the prince of Rosh. Hallelujah. Which, please excuse me while I turn my page, which is in Russia. Togomar was the ancestor of several nations of the Corsicus, including Georgia and Armenia. Now, what we want to know about Armenia, Armenia was the first official Christian country. And along with Georgia, followed the Armenian and Georgian Orthodox versions of Christianity. Gog will be supported by the other Arabic Islamic nations willing to attack Israel, making up the two billion man army. Verse 13 speaks of Sheba, which is believed to be a region in southern Arabia by the Red Sea. Let's read that now, verse 13. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lines thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take the spoil? Hallelujah. Verse 13 again speaks of Sheba which is believed to be a region in southern Arabia by the Red Sea. Dedan is an oasis in Saudi Arabia, and Tarshish is the name of a village in Lebanon. God will stand against Gog and will be proved holy before their eyes. God will be proved holy. Verse 14 says, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt they know of it. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, And thou shalt come from the place out of the north parts thou, and many people with thee all of them riding upon the horses, a great company and a mighty army. Verse 16 says, And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me. When I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Hallelujah. 
Verse 17, Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old times by my servants the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against thee? Hallelujah. This is the battle of Armageddon. This is the battle of Armageddon, which we are reading about now. God will take up the attack against the enemies of Israel. Let's have a look at Revelation 16, verse 16, and confirm this is the battle of Armageddon. Hallelujah. I believe that what we're witnessing now in Gaza is the start of this titanic battle. But there's only one winner, and the winner is Jesus Christ. Revelation 16, verse 16 says, And he gathered them together into a place called in Hebrew, tongue, Armageddon. Verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven for the throne saying, it is done. Verse 18, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings and there was a great earthquake. Such it was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Hallelujah. This is what, he got the revelation of Ezekiel. No wonder when he saw all this stuff coming down from heaven, from the hand of God, that he was frightened by the things that he saw. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, verse 18 says, And it shall come to pass at the same time, when God shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what we actually saw earlier in verse 11, think of what happened when Hamas went in and took the hostages. Did they attack cities or towns that had walls? No, they attacked kibbutzes. If you ever go to Israel, on a holiday, and the coach you're on is going past the kibbutz, you can ask to stop. And you can go into the kibbutz and you can buy fresh fruit and bread and all the great fare of Israel. Let's have a look at Ezekiel 38, verse 11, and see what it says. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages, I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Verse 12 says to take a spoil and to take a prey. This is what's happened recently. They've gone into the kibbutzes. They've killed over a thousand people and they've taken hostages. And that's exactly what Ezekiel has prophesied in Ezekiel 38, 11 
and 12. And that is what's going to happen. It is the Armageddon. Let's go down to verse 21. That's equal 38 verse 21. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his own brother. They will end up fighting each other. They will end up killing each other. And that will be the will of God. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him. An overflowing rain and great house stones, fire and brimstone, and I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, we also believe that Jesus will come and he will destroy these armies with the breath of his mouth and the word of God that will come out of him. And there will be wholesale slaughter. I believe you will be able to see this on television news. You will see these huge hailstones coming down. The fire and brimstone that hasn't been seen since Sodom and Gomorrah will rain down on this two million man army who believe they're going to overcome Israel but God's going to fight and in the valley of Megiddo where this battle will take place in northern Israel this two billion man army will be slaughtered by the word of God by the breath that comes out of the mouth of Jesus and I believe it will take many months to bury the dead and we might see this in our lives I truly believe the time is getting closer and closer now while this is happening and until this happens what should us believers do well we've got to pray we truly have to pray. We just can't go on making money and doing our jobs and just waiting for something to happen. We have got to prepare for the coming of the Lord, for this mighty battle. And let's have a look at Luke 21, verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. All those that are born again, all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour shall be safe. They will have nothing to worry about because you're born again. You are sealed with the blood of the Lamb. But we've got to pray. We've got to be prepared. We mustn't take anything for granted. Every morning when I say my prayers, I pray to God the Father, God the Son, and I, go, I pray to God the Holy Spirit, the restrainer, the restrainer of all evil. And I believe that he will not allow us to suffer or our foot to slip. 
Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Psalm 122. Psalm 122, verse 6. A very, very famous scripture. But I believe we should say this every day. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Hallelujah. So we should constantly pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let me say that I wish the greatest miracle that could happen in the world these days, that all the nations that hate Israel and hate the allies of Israel, the greatest miracle would be that these people become born again and become saved. So please pray for them. Pray for Hamas that they will know the truth. Pray for every organization against Israel, every nation against Israel, that they will know the truth. And they will pray for every nation in the world to receive Jesus Christ as their most magnificent, their most loving Lord and Saviour. Now, when people think about God, people are selective when they think about God. They want to think about God as merciful, as compassionate, as loving, as kind. But we must understand that God is righteous. He is just and he is holy. And God will not tolerate sin. And God has blessed the land and blessed the people, and those people are the Jews and the land they live in in Israel. We know there's hundreds of Jews that live in London, live in Brooklyn, and many cities of the world. But because they're away from Israel, it doesn't mean God doesn't love them. So we must know this now. Isaiah 49, verses 15 to 16. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. We know we've read in the Old Testament that the Jews upset God when they got involved in idolatry and worshipped foreign Canaanite gods. And God punished them severely with famine, with war, with pestilence. But he always came back and forgave them. We must intercede that the days before us are not days of fear or dread but of expectation that our redemption is near. Let's have a look now at Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. We know this scripture. We read it recently, but I'm going to read it again. Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, 
which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. There be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they were that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. For the kingdom of heaven is a man travelling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that received two, he also gained other two. And he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop it there. You get the idea. We've got to be prepared. We've got to go forward. We've got to go forward, and we have got to invest. Invest our time. We've got to read the word of God. We've got to truly be prepared for the return of the Lord. For it will come like a thief in the night. And we must be prepared. Hallelujah. First John 3.2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. So we really must go forward. 
we merely must go forward and prepare for the coming of the Lord. We also should change our views. I believe we're soon going to be living in great times when Christians are going to be persecuted. I think you're going to be persecuted in the workplace. Christian children are going to be persecuted at school. And your life is going to be made very difficult. And people are going to be cruel to you. People are going to be evil to you. And I believe the hardest gift of all, and it is a gift, is to be able to forgive your enemies. Forgive those who bully you. Forgive those who persecute you. Forgive those who pick on you. And we must forgive our enemies, no matter how cruel they are. Remember Jesus Christ on the cross when he called out, Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And the people who are going to persecute Christians know not what they do. They're going to be joining the throng, joining the bands, joining the gangs. Let's pick on the Christians today. In other generations, it was the Jews they picked on. In the pogroms in Russia, in the Holocaust, in Germany countries occupied by Germany, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Poland, etc. Black people have been persecuted ever since they became slaves. And I'm always grateful because I'm married to a black woman. And she's the most forgiving woman I've ever met. She holds nothing against anyone. And we must learn to forgive those who persecute us. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, we should spread the gospel. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We still must spread the gospel. You know, one of the hardest things, I'm a deliverance minister, and I've been a deliverance minister for many years. But I believe the toughest job in Christianity is to be an evangelist. It's very, very tough to go out to people who may have preconceived ideas of what a Christian is and may have ideas of what you're going to say. And the propaganda all over the world against Christianity is very vicious. Christianity is not wanted in schools. Christianity is not wanted in the workplace. Even churches water down the gospel. But even though we may be living under severe persecution, Jesus is telling us to preach the gospel 
wherever we can. You know, I get many calls each day for people who are looking for deliverance. Now I do deliverance over Skype or I do deliverance over the phone. Unless somebody is quite close to me and I can travel to them easily, I don't travel. I used to travel to Scotland and Ireland and do deliverances. I don't anymore. But I still say to them, even though they're telling me about how the devil is oppressing them and how demons are making their lives a misery, I still say to them, have you given your life to Jesus yet? Are you born again? Last scripture now, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honour, especially they who labour in the word and doctrine. Hallelujah. Intercede for the lost and intercede all the time for Israel. I believe that what's happening in the Gaza will spread irrespective of what the politicians are trying to do or what the politicians are trying to bring. I believe it will spread. Many European countries, Britain included, I don't know about the United States, have large Islamic populations. And I remember when I used to go to Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park in London, with a Canadian evangelist called Jay Smith. I used to try and look after him because when he used to preach on the podium and read from the Bible, many angry Muslim men would attack him. And me and another guy, a black guy, would hold them back and stop him from being hit. My wife was insulted all the time. She was told that she should be wearing a vow and she should be a Muslim woman, because all black people should be Muslims. And all these sort of things were said in Britain. And I remember once the police arrested me there, because these people went to the police and said things about me that wasn't true. They said I was armed, and though I was searched, they found nothing on me but a few pounds and a comb. But... They said I was inflaming the situation and I was sent home and they wouldn't let me back into Hyde Park. Britain has been living on a knife edge for many years and it's not the Muslims' fault. It's the Christians' fault because the people in Britain have lost their way. They're concerned about house purchase. They're concerned about holiday homes in Spain. They're concerned about four-by-four cars. But they seem to have lost any interest in Jesus. I call all Britons, I call all Americans, all Canadians, and anyone in the world which is regarded as a Christian country. We used to sing a song when I was at school, and it was stand up, Stand up for Jesus, 
ye soldiers of the cross. And I say to you all now, stand up, stand up for Jesus. All those that believe in Jesus and are waiting for his return are truly soldiers of the cross. Arm yourself with the whole armor of God and stand in spiritual warfare against Satan and all your enemies. And we pray this today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My friend, great teaching today. What shall we title it for the archive? Well, I think we should just call it Ezekiel 38. Fantastic. And uh, you know what I would like to see? I would like to see Israel begin to take foreskins from enemies. (laughs) That would put the fear of God (laughs) in all the enemies of Israel. If we go to war, we begin to take our enemies' foreskins in battle. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Remember King David? Well, I remember the the Red Indians used to scalp them, didn't they? That's right. Do you remember that there was um, a, um, a a reward given? to whoever would go um, after Goliath. And also, um, later, there was a uh, the dowry, I think, for King David was he had to deliver two or three hundred foreskins to uh, King Saul. He went out and got them. So, well, I uh, never. You know, well, I yeah. never. Yes, sir. I Unbelievable. Think, uh, Unbelievable. And then we remember Samson when he tied all the foxes' tails together. What's, what was there? A couple of hundred of them. Oh, yeah. And he set fire to their tails, and they <laughs> ran into all the crops of the Philistines and ruined them. I'm looking forward to meeting him one day. Uh, Who? Samson. Samson and King David, of course, yes. Amen. 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 My brother, uh, God bless Israel. God bless you for standing up for Israel. And uh, how can a person contact you? reach your ministry, and how can they support your work? Well, I'm pastor of Kilburn Christian Fellowship in London at NW6, which is a place called Kilburn. Uh, You can always contact me there. The ministry is called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. My email address is framecummings123 at aol.com. There's a PayPal Uh, address there as well if you wish to uh, support me or you wish to support Kilburn Christian Fellowship there's also uh, a bank account address on their website if you need any personal help you can always ring me you can always contact me I'm happy to help you and please if you're in London come and see us number four order shop road Kilburn London NW6. You can get there easily from Victoria Station, which is central in London, and come and see us. Come and share what we're trying to do in the end times to provide everyone with the armor of God that they need to protect themselves against the wiles of the evil one. Please come and see us. You'll be most welcome. My brother, what an honor it is to be with you every week. We love and appreciate you. Thank you to Sister Mary for introducing us, and uh, we're looking forward to next week with you, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, and God bless your family, and God bless all the listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Okay, folks, 
Stand by as we set up for our next program. Here we go. I'm going to reset mix of our... Hold on. <laughs> 